Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of bringing presents when it isn't even Christmas. And impressing all those wonderful boys and girls with the cheap knockoff stuff you get at the convenience store. But where does he get all those wonderful toys? I can't do a Joker imitation, but... (laughs) (laughs) I can't even, well, I can't do the, can't do his. Uh, welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. This week, <laughs> what we're talking about is the Amuse a Savage kit. Now, this is a, uh, an item. Uh, usually it's a pack or something like, or a suitcase full of stuff that uh, Richard Taholka, when he first designed Fringeworthy, said, here's, here's a bunch of stuff that you can give to, you know, take with you and hand out freely to these people that are in, like, Stone Age or, you know, le- lesser technological levels that they'll find really cool. And hopefully you can use it as bribes or, you know, to impress people. But mostly it's just to create a good, warm, fuzzy feeling between you and these new people you've met. I mean, you know, to me, it was it, this was one of Richard's famous, you know, knockoff items where he would just, you know, throw this thing in there for, for giggles, you know, and... Uh, you know, and I and it's been basically passed on through each of the generations of Fringeworthy. Now, of course, this doesn't have to be for Fringeworthy. If you're having a space game and you're going to a world as a as a settler and you run into, uh, you know, uh, natives, okay, who may not be on the same technological level, these, you know, or even just people who are different who may because a lot of things. You know, if you went to a lot of different worlds, you'd find there's lots of things that they don't have because nobody ever thought to invent it. You know, once you invent it, everyone's like, oh, yeah, I could have done that. But until someone actually does invent it, it doesn't exist. And there's lots and lots of things like that. Uh, you know, so and history could have gone any number of ways. And it also could have happened, you know, like, for example, uh, people have said for years that the uh, Romans could have done uh, steam engines. And they could have had railroads back in, the, you know, year zero. Uh, but they didn't do it until, like, you know, the 1400s because it wasn't railroad time. It just wasn't, it wasn't the need to push for it. And the, the random inspiration just never happened. All the things that they had to had them in place, then that's what railroad time means. Then they yeah. could, then someone might have been inspired to take all these things and turn it into something new. But it, if someone has to go and find this and that and say, hey, you know, you know, metallurgy in this area, or you know, hey, we need uh, uh, to come down with a, a certain gauge track, and we have to be able to extrude iron, and and all these things that, you know, they had the ability to work with metal. They had the ability to make good roads, you know, train tracks, you know. I want to say I remember seeing, like, there was the most rudimentary steam engine Mm -hmm. had been invented by that time. Right. It was just a gimmick. It was a toy. Right. And that's the thing, is, is, you know, fireworks 
was was what the the Chinese invented. Okay, we turned them into bombs and uh, <laughs> and uh, missiles and uh, things like that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the person who create uh, in, who originally invents an item usually has no idea where it's going to end up. They uh, integrated circuit. How far that has come? Oui, oui. Yeah. But anyways, the point, like I said, what I'm saying is that this is not just for Fringeway. This is for any game where you might run into another culture that has may not discovered something, and you can bring out this all these items that are kind of cool. You know, uh, at least you think they're cool, and maybe they'll think they're cool. You know, because nobody's ever invented them, and you could possibly start a business doing it or you can just gift it to people and they have this item to remember you by but they also could be very useful for concealing things like transmitters homing beacons uh, any number of things that can be used to track people populations uh even important people that you don't want to lose that you don't want to lose track of uh even party members who might get uh abducted or um you know, put places that against their will. And, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like something that would be, you know, valuable or it, or it looks, or it's something that someone would hold on to because it does look valuable. And it's the same time. It's basically providing that kind of information uh, for people who are into uh, Xeno uh, ethnology, uh, which I'm trying, which I'm, I'm probably mispronouncing. I'm talking about alien uh, cultures. Okay, uh, it's really good. Xenothropology. For... Yeah, see, I, I couldn't get it either. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyways, but it's the uh, you know where you you track populations as they move, you know, over time, and if it's solar powered and it has the ability to you know write simple information into a uh, uh, you know a magnetic bubble, you know, you might be able to come back centuries later and collect all kinds of data from some of these objects. There are things that you could use, and so you know we were. What we wanted to do was come up with, you know, a a list of fun things that you could give out to people, and they and 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 the NPCs would like them and enjoy them. You know, trying very hard not to trigger, you know, things that would cause problems with you know your, uh, uh, you know, with, with the other culture. You know, yeah. Like you don't want to come in and say, "Oh, you make your money by doing X." Well, we have a way of making that. You know, uh, re- replacing X with Y because it's so much better. And it's they're like, "But we make our money with X, not with your Y." And we don't know how to make your Y. Let's just kill the messenger. <laughs> that happens a lot of times, and people are like, "Why are these people so mean to us? We came with, you know, with, with open hearts and and gifts and things like that, and all of a sudden they're just, you know, chasing us across the landscape." You know, much much like a lot of the beginning of Star Trek uh, movies recently. <laughs> I just had a thought though about this this topic in general is that I, this also makes me curious as to what the uh, what the Amuse a, Sav- Amuse a Savage kit would be for the Commonwealth. Right. Well, hmm. I mean, <laughs> the, the, it, it, I, I imagine it would be, you mean, what would we give the Commonwealth? No, like what would they give out to us or to other players when they were first? We know what the Tamelerans would give, right? Uh, what would they give? Well, I mean, they have the Universal Translators. Okay, sure. Right. Yeah, that's that's a... That, that's a, that's a low hanging fruit. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> and it's fair. It's fair. Sure. I, I was yeah. thinking pets. 
They would give pets out. Oh, gosh. You're right. Oh, and yeah, all those pets are definitely Melor. <laughs> well, no, no. They, 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 they were into bioengineering things. So a lot of their tools and useful things were actually like in in the body of a, of a creature like of a, of a companion or pet yeah you know hey you know hey you know fluffy you know uh we needed to spot well that you know that seam over there <laughs> and fluffy all of a sudden these eye beams are coming out of fluffy and and it comes over <laughs> hanging the tongue hanging out drooling treat treat yeah <laughs> fluffy it's, did it's good the, <laughs> it's double duty it's a companion and it's a tool yeah they love doing that yeah so that's sure. true yeah yeah I mean, and, and of course, you know, if they could reproduce, then, you know, you, you, you have a uh, big um, a market, you know. Yeah. Because, you know, you just, just sell, you know, you just only sell the the, fem the males or something like that because that way Keep they it. can't reproduce with each other. And, you know, unless they're froggy type uh, uh, dinosaurs from, from Jurassic Park. Unless the, unless the Termelorin have thought ahead and said, okay, well, they can change gender as needed. <laughs> yeah yeah well anyways it's see that's the problem with dealing with a culture that basically are live like gods anything they want to get because they don't think about things like maintaining the market you know that yeah it's it's all about you know matter of fact the way i always run the commonwealth the way it was originally was the expo worlds were about inventors basically trying to get their invention seen by the most people and have it be accepted as the best of whatever it is. So everybody stops using the old version and starts using their version. It's all about fame and such. Fame and clout, yeah. Right. But, okay, we're getting off topic. <laughs> Not really. But anyways. Well, uh, sort of. But see, that that's the problem is, is any time that you you know have a, a Muse of Savage kit, you have to think about your target audience you know mm. and so you might need to to change up the components of your amuse the savage kit depending upon who you're going to run into yeah if you if you have intel that's the thing i always assume that the amuses amuse a savage kit is sort of at least the base model is for when you have no intel you're going in blind you are the recon team going in with no information right but yeah, if you have that information. Well, if you know, for example, there are no radio signals coming mm. from this world, this culture, whatever like that, that means any items that you make that talk to each other over radio signals will not be heard. And they will seem almost alive. And you can use it to spy on people and stuff yeah. if you want to because <laughs> nobody knows you're doing it because they, they can't even detect the technology you're using. Yeah. So yeah, so there's 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 some easy ways of, of doing some of these things, but mostly it's a matter of of uh, you know going in and, and and when you make the big meeting with the, the 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 village or the town elders or whatever, you know what are you gonna give them that's going to wow them? Because my players are very boring. They come in and say, here's the laptop, okay? It has 5 billion pages in it about all these different inventions, and you can make any one of them that you want, and we will make this available to you because we want to be friends. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, you know, the salesmanship, how, how could they not want that? Oh. Well, also, I mean, are they even dealing with a culture that could handle that? Well, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a screen, and it's got an up and down arrow, okay. And if nothing else, you can just you know you and and maybe it's just a touch screen. You can go to techno technology and you know various you know various things like that. 
I mean, okay, fair enough on that, and I assume that they have identified what language is being spoken, and they've con- right. you know translated it to that, that language. But I mean, like some of those entries, I mean, that's always a question. It's like how primitive ready are these descriptions in this in these like encyclopedia entries? Or oh, usually not at all. No, no, it's but it, it's it, the whole uh, welcome to IDET. Uh, video was to try to get them to see them as friends, not to go and bribe them with stuff. I mean, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I mean, that's what these guys do, though. They go and they say, well, we've got all this stuff here. We can just give it to you. And, and I'm like, OK, without someone to teach them, they're not going to get much out of it. <laughs> but, you know, whatever, you know, you you do whatever you're going to do, you know. And I figure most of these these uh, laptops or or, uh, 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 you know, mini players, you know, e- equivalent of uh, Google uh google laptops or whatever they uh mm. they basically end up in the chief's uh uh chest and nobody ever looks at them ever again yeah. because you know it's someone's because usually anytime that you make an improvement somebody loses their job they get buggy makers right oh, yeah. buggy whip makers <laughs> you know the, the internal combustion got rid of the need for buggy whips all the people that were doing hand seamstressing and stuff like that when they came out with all the big giant looms, especially the mechanical looms, you know, yeah, some people went in and got work in the factories and got brown lung as a result, <laughs> especially yeah. children uh, who fell into the machinery. You know, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, before then you had happy people sitting around chatting with each other, you know, working on handcrafts and, and having, you know, at least you know, four or five months a year when it it was cold and whatever to get, you know, stuff ready for the next spring. And now you've got people trying to, you know, uh, a whole different culture, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of problems, but so it's disruptive. It is disruptive to the, to the economy and the culture. Yeah, it can be very disruptive. So like I said, the whole point here is to come up with a list of things that are fun and hopefully not too world changing so that they uh you know so that they will use them uh and uh, or spread the wealth around uh and uh, maybe set up the you know you know set up some kind of a trade good thing and just it's basically good good feelings amongst everybody so what's uh I, I i my list is not in any particular order so i can't say what's the number one or the number 100th of the list so <laughs> what's the first on your list jonathan um okay so the first thing i thought of as soon as we were talking about this is um spices a collection of spices okay so um, any particular spices uh i thought to keep it simple and to keep it safe things that we feel or particularly not um allergenic usually um what would those be i have no idea i don't either <laughs> okay but the, the ones that immediately came to my mind although I, again i'm not sure how safe they are in general but the ones that came to mind are the probably going to be the easiest ones going to be say um cinnamon maybe um uh some mints maybe a peppermint okay um and then when I say spices, I also I'm kind of being very broad with that term of food flavor enhancers. I will say, okay, um, vanilla, right? Um, and then I think paprika, maybe, if you want to give them a little little spicy. Okay, not, not mustard. Mustard. I'm I'm also. I mean, like I said, it's kind of a, a range. Whatever. Yeah. 
whatever you might want to throw in and you've it's also garlic still it's fairly safe mustard i the, the only one i'm i'm the reason i'm not up necessarily up for mustard is because they get that in your eye that hurts the problem with garlic is is that a lot of cultures use it already so it's yeah. kind of like you know you're bringing coal to newcastle um, yeah, you're not really bringing yeah. much. But see, like when you get when you get beyond that, when you get to like tarragon and bay leaves, I have no idea what those things are for. You know, I mean, if I'm doing a recipe from a cookbook and they say add in this, I'll add it in. I have no idea why. I just yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, I think you're listening. You're telling me to add it in, okay? I mean, obviously they're gonna they're gonna have salt. It'd be unless we're talking about a very strange culture, you know. Um, and pepper. Very strange or very remote. You know, black yeah. pepper is always, you know, good for spicing things up a little bit. Yeah. So, but I don't know uh, how many people have trouble with, with spice. Maybe powdered jalapeno, if uh, you really want to okay. have fun. Okay, yeah, that, now you're getting dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> any Anytime that you start talking about skullful units, you know, uh, feel, uh, you're, you're probably going in the direction of uh, weaponizing food. So Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> But just, you know, I, I like some of the things where he says, okay, we're going to take this food and we're going to run it through our analyzer to see how many heavy metals you guys have decided to spice our food with because you like it. <laughs> you know, lead being oh, the yeah. obvious choice, you know, because it's a sweetener. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh... that's, why the, that's why the Romans used it. They boiled their wine in lead pots to make it sweeter. Oh, I forgot about that little tidbit. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but so, but that's that's that ends up in the 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 the, um, the team medical kit somehow or something like that. The analyzer. Yeah. All right. So so okay. My first item was solar powered beads. You know, like beads, like you'd make beading out of. You know, all kinds of different colors mm -hmm. and things like that. But each one is a solar powered homing beacon, because that way. They'll, you know, they they'll spread them around, and each one of them is sending out a signal. So if the tribe disperses over time, or somebody goes off and gets lost, or any of those things like that, you might actually have a way of uh, finding them, because you know it's only for it's something for you. But at the same time, it's you you're giving them something that looks good probably plastic so it's not going to rot or anything like that but it, it probably doesn't look like anything they already have well you can add all kinds of interesting day glow colors to it and such yeah so you know colors are uh you know a lot of times that's hard to find you know because it's it's easy to find reds and blues but uh, a lot of the other colors are pretty hard to find well, purple of course right. neon green anytime you make something like a bright color is it's it tends to be hard to find. You know, that's why that's one of the reasons they went for things like silver and gold is because the stuff is shiny. Yeah, yeah. It reflects it's light. Bright. Yeah, right. Okay, so that was my first on the list. And, you know, how many of them? I imagine just like a bag, a small bag. Yeah. Mm, Unless, okay. of course, they're really big on it, in which case we bring in a dump truck. And <laughs> yeah, you just request more, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it says, you want more of these? We can bring you more of them. Of course, you know, you might stop putting, you know, you might... You might not have every single one of them with a solar-powered homing beacon, and that can get pricey. You know, you it's uh, you might like want to you know, shotgun it through the in the list. You know, here one out of every hundred beads is now that. <laughs> yeah.
just enough to, to track if you're getting it to like the whole village. If they're going to go to town, I mean, if they decide, hey, we, we these these strangers are going to give us enough bees, we can finally do that room sized mural of our uh, of our chieftain. <laughs> that we've always wanted to do, but who has time to make that many beads? You know, because they're because they're usually either you know they're whittled usually whittled out of wood or something like that, or or a shell or a shell. Know, some, yeah, yeah. Cause stone is really hard to cut through. So, I mean, you, 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 stones are things that you would like wrap another thing around it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah you could you could make like a little like macrame cage for a stone. You know, yeah. Such. But yeah. Okay. So, what's second on your list? Uh, the second one I came up with that, and we're we're gonna get it, we're we're still kind of in the cute fun things, but could also maybe maybe do a little bit of undercover, you know, technological uplifting is a, a fidget spinner. Okay. You familiar with these? I right? know. Yeah, they spin around. Yeah. 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 That's the point. It's just a cute little toy. But if someone were to break one apart and take a look at it, it's not hard to figure out and it might give them some ideas for other uses of that basic concepts of basically a bunch of ball bearings. Mm. Well, that's, that's a cool idea. You know, and of course, if you, if you, if you get, get the ones that have different tones to it, you could actually make like mm-hmm. a little orchestra of just, you know, spinning the fidget yeah, spinners or- with different sounds coming out of them. Or different, if you have them different colors, you can show them how the colors mix when it spins fast enough. Teach them optical illusions and stuff. Or just use the optical illusion to show you're a magic man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look like anything when you spin this speed. When you spin this speed, it says hiya. Yeah, that's... Heck, I think they have the LED ones you can get that will spell out messages. Yeah, yeah, there definitely are, <laughs> and they don't look like anything. They just they just go back and forth, and then all of a sudden they're going back forth so fast you can actually see the words. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, so the second one I stole Richard's nesting bowls, but not aluminum because in so many cases we've run into aluminum is like the most valuable metal on the planet because they haven't figured out how to do the uh, electrolysis method of extracting aluminum cheaply from bauxite and things like that. Instead, they're using a costly uh, chemical reduction system, so aluminum ends up being more valuable than gold. Yeah, it's so rare until a cer- until you reach a certain techno- technolo- te- technology that, yeah, I mean, it's... it. In D&D terms, it would be more rare than platinum. Right. Exactly. Yes. Or even, you know, even uh, mithril. <laughs> <gasps> and, but, you know, and not without good reason. It does have its uses. I mean, yeah. in addition to being super rare, it is a useful metal. It's light. It's not as hard as, say, steel, but, I mean, it can get a job done. It also melts at a much lower temperature than steel. Mm-hmm. So that makes it you know it's, it's easily malleable. It doesn't oxide you know it doesn't uh, oxidize very easily. I mean it does, but just the very top surface layer of it. So it doesn't rust like other items do. Yeah. Right. I mean you you're not going to make a, a high impact tool out of it. Yeah. But I'm not going that way. I'm saying I'm we're not yeah. going to do the aluminum. Instead, yeah. I suggest stainless steel. 
mm-hmm. because it has that same non-rust aspect of it. And it's, you know, and, and they nest together so you can get a, a lot of bang for your buck that way. And, yeah. uh, you know, and if they want to, they can use it for other things. But, you know, it's it ultimately is just steel with extra, extra chromium in it, which they may not have discovered yet, chrome, chromium. That's true. So, yeah. you know, and... Uh, you basically got magic steel that never rusts. It's it's very shiny, or at least not rust easily. It's very shiny. You can use it mm-hmm. for signaling over distances, all kinds of things you can do with this. These kinds of things, and of course, if you're really if, if you're really backed into a corner, you could use it as a bowl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> What's your next item? So the next one I had, uh, mood rings. Oh, the ones that change with temperature? Yeah, the thermoreactive little stones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, this reminded me... I we, had one of those. Yeah, we just bought some. We went to Gatlinburg about two months ago, and my daughter went into one of the countless gift shops in that <laughs> along the street. As seen on television. Pretty much. She bought a mood ring and a mood necklace. And she was just so enamored with it. And did she clue into the fact that the ring is a different t- color than the necklace because there's a lot more heat right next to your body than there is when it just hangs from you? Honestly, I don't think she's even worn the necklace yet. How old is she? She is about to turn eight. She's seven now. Okay. Well, yeah. The, she. This is it. When she's a little older, you, you, there's, there's, there's. You know, they, they, they check to see whether or not you know they, they, li- they like the person you're with because it supposedly turns this particular oh, color yeah. when you. You find when you like somebody, you know the love color. <laughs> I, I I couldn't help it. I already ruined it for her. I told her it was based on temperature. But whether she remembers or not, in a year we'll see. So so you're you're thinking of like necklaces and uh, uh, you know so you give it to them and it's this dull color and then they put it on and all of a sudden there's different Starts colors to showing up. Colors, yeah. You start, what would you tell? What would you tell them when it starts happening? What would you say? What what's happening? It depend. Well, it kind of depend on what effect I'm looking for. If I'm just looking to impress, I tell them it, I I, don't, I just go with the mood ring. You know, it's just a mood reading stone, and I would be a bit of a con man and do the cold reading bit and say, "Oh, well, it's turning blue. Uh, are you are you happy? Are you are you feeling in generally happy? No, actually, I'm feeling kind of sad. Ah, sad. I see. Yeah, kind of like that." kind of lead them to to basically making up the the color code for it on the spot <laughs> but okay. if i'm looking to like impress a specific person i you know we we typically know what the average you know it starts to go from like blue to green to to orange or red if it's really hot if it's really getting a lot of temperature so if you know the outside temperature you can kind of make an educated guess and you say the the rhetoric you know the redder it turns, the more noble the person wearing it. And then you can put it on the, the chieftain and, you know, it turns yellow or red. and Or you breathe on it real hard. Kind of a, here, let me, let me show you how impressive you are with this magic stone. Oh, Mr. Chief, you are impressive. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fun. Okay. All right. Um, my next item is solar-powered lights. Uh, and... Uh, the ones I was thinking of is that they're they're in the shape of balls, and they have a solar they have a solar panel on the top and a battery on the inside, and then they have a light 
that basically shines out, it's diffused out through the bottom section, and you can use it to extend um, uh, your day because, you know, when it gets dark, you, you can use it to continue to provide light. It's also something that's easy to take with you and, and, uh, and go up and down streets because, you know, in, except in modern days, uh, almost all streets were had no light. It was very dark outside, and it's very and, and there's parts of the world where it's very dangerous to go out at night because there's bad people in the darkness, and there's a lot of it. Yeah, you didn't really get street lights being common until what gas? Yeah, and later and that and that they had to put the gas lines in to do that. Yeah, yeah. So you, if if it wasn't an area they really cared about, there wouldn't be gas lamps there. Yeah, unless it was privately funded. Yeah. So, you know, you, uh, it was really easy for people to just lay and wait for people, uh, you know, and, you know, that someone could literally be, you know, 20 feet away from you and, and uh, pick out somebody who comes walking home from their job or something like that, coming home from the fields or whatever, you know. And, of course, out, out you know, in the woods and stuff like that, then that could, you know, that could also be a problem. You know, if something bad happens you know, it's, it's great to be able to produce some light. Well, it's also you good know, as a you, beacon if you're trying to find someone who's lost in the woods. Well, yeah, if someone's in the woods and suddenly they get lost and nighttime falls and they turn the little light on, it's the only light in the forest, mm -hmm. then, yeah, that could be it. But I was thinking more along the lines of something that could, you know, you know enhance life in the village, yeah. you know, by extending the day, you know, without them having to go and possibly burn down the village by you know figuring out how to make torches right or uh you know or uh, keep a, a giant bonfire run you know running through the night right or you know and, uh, and we'll get to something about this later you know there was a there's a ongoing issue about people suffocating themselves or giving them brain themselves brain damage by burning things you know not ventilating their homes. oh well. yeah yeah so you know and uh like leaving uh, incense or 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 no or, no that you're well I'm, I, 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 I get I, I know but yeah I, that's the first thing that came up but I'm also thinking like but yeah like a little gas heater yeah well, gas is one of the worst yeah okay like kerosene lamps and things like that you know the fumes that come off of it if it's not a well ventilated place then you could die from that quickly and the problem with that is is that in the winter time it's cold and you really want to seal up your house yeah okay. And uh, you end up getting, you know, people end up not waking up in the spring. So uh, it's just an important thing to avoid, you know, and something like this by just extending your day a little bit. Or, you know, like I say, you, you go to sleep, you shut your doors, it's dark inside, you get in the bed, you click the little thing, and, you know, it goes out the next morning, you know, you click the little thing, you get back up, throw open your windows, light comes flooding in. You know, you it, you can maintain a, a more secure environment that way, and they're small and they're easy to use, and they last for you know like a year or two years. Yeah, and so and these also also these can help keep away certain predators who just don't like being in the light. Yeah, there's a lot of things, a lot of predators that are afraid of light. You know, especially the, if they're nocturnal, they're nocturnal for a reason. Yeah, they don't so, hunt in the daylight or in any light. Right. 
So yeah. So anyways, these things, you know, uh, you know, are I thought would be really useful, you know, and and um, and and you could have them set to automatically just come on when the light drops to a certain level, or you could, you know, you can trigger them and uh, just, you know, certainly hanging one in front of the chief or the the witch doctor or the even you using it in re, in religious ceremonies uh, would be a big. Uh, uh, a big thing and if you show them that hey you know they don't have to be clear you could actually put this thing called cellophane you know, <laughs> over top of it or maybe dip it into uh, some colored solution now you have a yellow light or you've got a green light and Ooh, all the, you know, yeah, yeah. the very first the very first christmas tree on an alien world <laughs> <laughs> so you know they're fun and um you know and they they tend to be a little if you're looking for bang for the buck this is not it these items tend to be pricey if they're if they're made well uh but they you know sturdy and long lasting but they can really improve the the lives of the people you give them to um because of how just how simply useful being able to see in a darkened area is yeah i could see like one or two of these in a pack but you would also maybe want to include like a few more just lower quality, like what you can get at like Walmart or the dollar store right now. They're just simple, you know, spikes in the ground, solar lamps. Just to say, we, this is the good one for your chief or witch doctor. These are for, you know, they're not as good, but they'll, they'll help with keep, keep the village lit up a little bit better at night. Okay. Well, that's that's something like I said, you know, that's for you to use the player gets <laughs> to think about, you know, how you can, you know, and and again, you know, when you're dealing with a different culture, you're going to find different things that are going to be touch points for these kinds of items. Yeah, if they I'm already sure. have some you know, weird physical new different physical law or material on here that lets them already use like solar power light, yeah, they're not going to care. Right. Well, yeah. If so, they have yeah. something better, then yeah. don't put it in your pocket. Yeah. Don't can, give it to them. No. Can, hey, can, can we have one of those? Can I'll trade you these. It says, here, let us offer you this obviously inferior product. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think not. I think that's something you just got to toss back behind you, saying, you know, we'll just stick that in my pocket. You don't care about Spinner, that. Can I offer you a fidget spinner for your magical light source? And they may say yes. And hey, I that will love you. Part of the great cool things about the game Fringeworthy is, and and one area where the GM can really shine is to go and come up with all kinds of crazy gadgets and things like that for them to bring back to Earth to basically take over the the markets by storm. I mean, come on, <laughs> if you can sell a pet rock and make a millions of dollars, <laughs> can you imagine what you can do with an alien trinket that actually might be useful, even if it's not like you know technology disrupting even if it's just cute i mean we sell especially if it's cute we sold fidget spinners and mood rings and pet rocks exactly and furbies oh gosh yes furbies which are absolutely terrifying if you take their skin off oh i don't i don't I, they're terrifying if you don't take their skin off i had one we were using in a show and it just decided to speak at the most opportune time and i'm pretty sure that means the thing was possessed well my son had he had one of those remote control barneys that basically did stuff along with the tell with the television program oh no 
So, oh, he was great. You know, I mean, he worked a really long time. We had videotapes that also worked. So it was nice. But I'm just saying is that we never took a skin off. <laughs> and, and my son just would sit there in front of the television, you know, and Barney would sit in front of him because he would, he would talk to you. Okay, so, so every once in a while, something would happen on screen and Barney would say, did you see that? You know, or he'd make a joke or something like that. And my son was just like, wow. Uh-huh. So, yeah. You could do, you can do all kinds of fun things. You can you can do some uh, subversive uh, uh, programming <laughs> by using things like that. Oh yeah, I but that's you. that's not that that's a different thing. That's not part of the music. Yeah, that that that's going to require some work, and and the the guys in R and D back back at base are going to have to customize that sucker. I'm going to say more. Uh, the people in the uh, in in the Ministry of Truth are going to have <laughs> a few words about how, what should be presented. Yes. Okay. So what's your next item? Um, I'm going to start stealing from your list here now. Oh yeah, because okay. uh, uh, the I like emergency blankets here. All right, because multi-purpose, they're they're blankets, but they're also uh-huh. shiny. Yes, and they're tiny. Yeah, well, it's real. It's, it's it's really thin aluminum, you know, over mylar. Yeah, you know, it's basically like a, a, a it's basically like a, a weather balloon that they just basically cut into a square and shrunk and squished it down real tight. Yeah. So, so it's, it's got kind of that, like, is it ever going to stop expanding? <laughs> Cause I mean, it's, it's a tarp, it's a blanket, it's a reflector. The, you'll find some use for it in almost any like non-modern, I'd say what, anything before 1920s equivalent. I can see it being used today. I mean, if you went camping, you well, know, as as it, far as to as a like something to entice a a native. Oh, okay. Well, I'd say sure. Because I, I mean, if you if you showed up today on a on a, a another world that was equivalent of you know our modern day technology, and you say, hey, look, it's this, they'll go, yeah, we got those too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, you it it, it it would probably be best in a world where they did either they they had mylar and aluminum, but they'd never put the two together. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, whoa, who'd have thought? Who'd you know? Yeah, so, yeah. But uh, but see, like you know, most people when they think emergency blankets, they think of you know, these people, you know, huddled, you know, you know, trying to keep their body heat, just got pulled mm. out of a, a, a river, they're soaking wet and stuff like that. But there, as you said, there's a lot of other uses for the emergency blankets, especially where you have a fire, okay, which is radiating heat out in all directions, and you put one of these things up on one side and tar- and tie it, you know, to to a couple of trees, and now all of a sudden you've just doubled the amount of heat that's going in one direction yeah. because you're reflecting it back. And most people do not do that. And I think it's a shame. You know, you know here's the thing. I, I've, I have known of that. I, I hesitate to even call it a trick. I just, I have known of that for years, but I've never done it. Usually because the, the people I go camping with, they make the fire too big and hot anyway. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, believe me, I've gone camping in the wintertime and in, in, in the early morning when it's, you know, you're really trying to get that fire going. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's, anything can be a good thing, you know. Any little bit to help, yeah. And I, I always laugh because I see these people coming out of their tents, wrapping themselves in the aluminum blanket, okay, <laughs> and sitting in front of the fire and complaining <laughs> about how cold they are. And I'm like, well, of course you are. You're reflecting away all the heat you should be absorbing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because these do work d differently than normal blankets. They, yeah, the idea isn't that it's you know keeping. Well, I mean, it is keeping your heat in, but it's also preventing other heat from getting to you. Oh yeah, paracord, parachute cord. Um, yeah, because it's it's a rope that most people are going to be impressed with, no matter what. Especially if you already have it kind of. Like nowadays, you can get paracord, uh, you know, already kind of coiled up and and bundled up into like a bracelet, and all, it's almost fashionable. Mm -hmm. So yeah, having you know, you can carry a lot of paracord that way, and it's it's pretty good rope, and it's not indestructible, but compared to what most primitives are going to be using it for. Well, it doesn't rot. It can hold about mm -hmm. 500 pounds on, on, on basically a one thread. Um, it's uh, you can uh, you can un unweave it to make to get a parachute thread if you want to. Um, it's you know you can burn the end and seal it. Yeah. Uh, so you know it's you know I, I find it very very useful. Uh, you can use it to set up traps pretty easily. It's a better rope than what they probably have because, I mean, yeah, comparatively, it'll probably be thinner than their heavy duty ropes. At it's least. very thin, which can be a problem because if you're trying to, you know, uh, we had this discussion last night in uh, Bureau 13 where someone was trying to climb down uh, a well using parachute cord. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, okay, it's not too hard wearing gloves to slide down this rope, but now you're hanging off the end and it's just. It's just squeezing the snot out of your hands. They're hurting. <laughs> it's not, you know, you're not. It's not designed. You know, it's this is not what you sh should be using. You need to have these special um, uh, uh, clamps that will clamp onto it. Yeah. Or, you know, it'll wrap through that that you can get a good hold onto. But uh, of course, none of you guys ever thought about bringing that. You just have some parachute cord. So it's you know it's it's one of those things where if you use it. In combination with other items, it could be super leveraged. Yeah, yeah. So okay, um, uh, a dragging harness. Uh, this is something I saw advertised uh, in a um, outdoor magazine uh, catalog a long time ago. And what it is is it is just is simply a, a a harness that's designed to attached to like a tarp or to something else that allows you to like you know uh pull item you know pull things easily a lot easier you know with less you know you know wear and tear on your body or something just literally too heavy for you to pull normally it's just that when you gra if you grab something and pull it you know you're bending over to do so and you're walking backwards and you know a lot of times that's that's not very helpful but if you can turn around and essentially have this thing it's attached at the waist you know around your pelvis and 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 also up on your shoulders okay and it basically allows you to pull from a lower level 
and you can drag you know hundreds of pounds big distances so if you want to go out there and collect a whole lot of heavy wood to bring it back to your fire it could be it could be really really useful uh, if you have to drag a, a, a party member who's been injured super useful okay uh, in the case of uh, 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 aboriginals uh, a, a hunting party that's downed a, uh, a, a a large buck or something like that you know yeah they could take find themselves a tree branch and tie to it and carry it but you know you could also drag it you know behind you using one of these harnesses right so it kind of like it is it is in a way it is making you into a beast of burden okay right but, that's the first thing that came to my mind is like all right but i've seen a lot of, uh i can see a lot of cases where you know it can take turn three trips into one trip yeah and i'm i mean it's not particularly high tech it's not high tech at all yeah so i mean it's something that even if, if like a stone age culture gets a good look at it that's something they'll probably be able to reproduce on their own it might not be as good quality because they might not have the same materials right but the basic idea is that they can they can look at this and go oh that's a good idea but because it's been made by somebody who understands bot you know kinesthetics right you know uh body uh how the body handles right. weight points of connection to provide the most support the most traction the best leverage mm -hmm. you know the you know creating a harness that that takes advantage of those it, it, it took a number of years of refinement to figure that out again it's an invention whatever they make will not be as good yeah it's one of those inventions once someone discovered everyone's like well yeah but someone had to actually do the work to make it the best mm -hmm. yeah so yeah, you could you 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 could impress them by being the first one to show them this awesome thing, and yeah, sure they can make their own, but if they want the good one, they gotta come back to you. And if you're an economically minded spouse, it means you don't need that many uh, wives. You can probably <laughs> get by with with one less, <laughs> because the other two can carry more now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no! I, I'm hoping I'm hoping I get a nasty comment on that. <laughs> Since uh, we're thinking in the minds of the natives, that's right. We're thinking of a primitive culture here, though I know there's some primitive cultures that are much more egalitarian than our culture is right now. Mm. So, all right, what else you got? Um, I, I well, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna skip ahead. And let you come back to it, but I, the just the simple multi tool. But I'm curious because you have on here your, your list maximum multi tool. So I'm curious what makes it a maximum as opposed, opposed to a, a normal multi tool. But like I've sent here, I've got my Gerber here, my Gerber multi tool that I use at work every day. And there's so many things on here that I I I I'm I couldn't live without now, with the screwdrivers and the clamp, uh, the the pliers and saw knife, a straight blade, straight edge knife, and that's gonna as long as they as long as it's made out of good material and won't fall apart and rust quickly, that's gonna be very impressive to any native you show it to. 
Yeah. A hundred different tools in one thing. Oh, that's what you mean by maximum. That's what I mean. The maximum multi tool, you know, the, the one big boys. Yeah, you know, the, the this the um, Swiss Army knife. This is wide as your palm. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Yeah. How many different tools do you need on there? I could. I could see. Okay, maybe four or five different versions of a, of the screwdrivers. And a an awl. And a, and a bunch of knives, and of course a fish scaler, and. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, a fork and a uh, a fork and a fork spoon. Fork and a knife and spoon, yeah. sure. And a spork, just why not? Yeah, maybe a uh, thermometer. Ah, yeah, I guess you. Have. Of course, an awl, and I, I don't want to. There's, there's, there's an awful lot, uh, uh, and I've seen them, you know. Yeah, yeah, the, I, uh, I would look. I would have to look that up and see exactly. Yeah, and of course, a pair of scissors. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I've never had one that worked well. By the way. Those scissors were always lousy. <laughs> Honestly, I've always ended up using the the like the wire cutter part of the pliers. Yeah. Okay. But anyways, I'm saying is that you know just giving it to somebody, they their eyes would be like, "Wow, this is so amazing!" You know, they may only use two items of all the things that are there, but to them, you've just given them just a huge pile of possibilities. Yeah, you've given them a, a toolbox. <laughs> yeah, in a way, you have. Yeah, you have, you toolbox know. in the size in the size size of their yeah. hand. And of course, you could probably beat a ferret to death with it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> that that uh, that that would have gotten a reaction off of Trav if he'd been here. <laughs> <laughs> he he's he's uh, had uh, ferrets as pets. Oh yeah, okay. I've had a few. All right. Um, now you know, uh, I added suture kit because. Primitive people have sutures. It's, it's one of the first things that they figure out how to do. But, you know, they're making them out of bone. Right. Or something like that, okay? And this is one of those cases where, you know, uh, an imp it, it can make a big, it can make a big imp improvement to their lives just because it's so well made, you know. So these are all stainless steel. They can be sterilized by putting in boiling water where a, a bone one probably... If they even knew to do it, wouldn't wouldn't be as easy to do. Yeah. You know, um, you can use a suturing kit to as also to work with leather and other things like that. Mm -hmm. I just think it'd be a, a good thing to add in, just something to say, you know, hey, you know, after you poke a hole in yourself with that maximum, you know, uh, Swiss Army knife, <laughs> here's a suturing kit to help put you back together again. <laughs> right. <laughs> we warned you not to use it that way not a toy it's a tool and a tool and a tool and a tool and a tool uh, <laughs> okay yeah uh all right going back to uh, i like uh the human thermometer uh, my only concern with it, a thermometer is if we're using the standard mercury based models or something a little bit safer i didn't really think about it it could be it could be done either way. It could yeah. be just a strip you put across somebody's forehead. Oh, okay. So kind of that that thermal reactive kind of tape thing. Yeah, or it could be you know like a regular thermometer that you stick in somebody's mouth or other orifice. Yeah. Actually, I prefer that 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 first one. The just the the tape. Okay. Especially if you already have the mood rings, they're already. 
maybe again a kind of a, a stealth uplifting thing where maybe they can learn to associate the two hey wait <laughs> these seem to work the same way maybe if i just hold the stone up to my head it can tell me how hot i am okay but um did you did you see my little note there yeah it can be used to determine fertilization i'm i'm not granted i'm I'm not very keen uh, aware on this, but how do they do that? How does temperature? I've, I've always heard about this, but yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't determine fertilization. It determines ovula, ovulation. Okay. Yeah, I, I just okay. That's what it so when you know, whenever a woman you know ovulates, okay, her temperature spikes. All right, and by testing your temperature every day, when suddenly it goes up, it means either a this is not a good time for fun time because I don't want, and I already have 14 kids. Ah, or, okay. Or this is fun time because I want to, I really want to have, you know, my next kid. And this is a really good time. You know, you can't go out with the boys. We got business, <laughs> <laughs> you okay. know? So, and if you figure it, and, and, you know, of course, since that you can match it up to the lunar cycle and stuff. And when you figure out kind of where it happens, you know, then, you know, you, and and of course, the, these kinds of items can be passed around to multiple people, and so one one thermometer strip probably cover at least one small village. Yeah, I mean it, it's you know a, a village could basically become very aware of uh, you know their this this particular thing you know yeah. so there's that um, and then there's also the, just the usefulness for you know disease if someone's feeling bad and you slap that thermometer if it's super high. Maybe you might save a person's life by telling them, go jump in the river. Yeah. Yeah. Once it gets above a certain temperature, you've got to take serious action. So, yeah, these kinds of things can really, you know, improve the, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the family planning and also just the, you know, the critical care. So, yeah, the, like the village. getting in and getting the village witch doctor or midwife or whomever yeah. getting involved, teaching them. Right. And so, of course, you know, it would all be in the presentation because, mm. you know, uh, you know, you, you, you want you, the, the, the point where it, it usually indicates ovulation. You'd want that that particular one to be like really brightly taped or something like that and say, look, listen, who's about who, who's ready to have a baby? <laughs> Everybody in the village. And it's like, you know. You might be a little concerned. What is this going to give me the baby? Or what, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you got to be careful about how you put that out. You have yeah. to it's say it's all in the presentation yes. because otherwise it's, it's kind of boring. I mean, you know, you, you, you put it there and slowly different letters become more visible is how they usually work. Yeah. You know? Well, almost everything here is going to be and how you present it. Right, right. Okay. So, uh, so you went with a human. Uh, so uh, I like the uh, the can and string telephone. See, uh, I ordered this off of a, a magazine when I was like eight years old, and I'd always heard about can and string, and it never. I mean, I even tried it; it didn't work. Mm -hmm. Okay, but see, what the, these were actually designed for that. They they were like a little microphone. They had a piece of paper that was you know very taut. And um, and then it was connected to this this string, uh, and then it went to another one on the other end. So if you you had to pull the string taut in order for this to work, so yeah. But we got a good uh, fifty feet, 
you know, from each other and, and you talk, one would talk into it and you could hear the person, the voice coming out of the, of the, the vibrating, you know, cause the microphone was the same as the speaker. Right. So, and, um, you could actually use that to, um, you know, send a message from one place to another. You know, the way they did it on boats was is that they had, you know, metal tubes and they would yell through the tube and right. they would hear, you know, down a couple of decks, okay, uh, which was, you know, what they had, you know, but uh, it was, but I'm just saying this is this is something where, you know, it, it's, it's very low tech other than, of course, the construction of the items and it can be really, it can really wow somebody that when they go and they talk into it and somebody all the way over there, you know, their voice comes out. But then if they, you know, uh, uh, if you like don't hold the string taut, it doesn't work. And so they're not afraid that someone's going to slip one of these things in under their pillow and get secrets to state. Oh, yeah. Okay, See, you yeah. show that it doesn't work unless you do it the right way. And so they're like, oh, okay, this is this is cool and maybe useful but it's not going to you know in endanger my secrets right <laughs> i can i can turn this off at any time just by exactly <laughs> very is uh but it, it was a lot of fun to do as a kid I, I, I you know it was one of those things that lasted a couple of days you know and then you got bored with it yeah but yeah. i'm just saying for it that's why it's an amuse the savage you know it's and you could pass it on to other people if you don't have a direct use for it Okay, yeah. If you'd rather stick with the banging the alarm dong, uh, gong, fine. You don't have to do it. <laughs> it's like, okay. Okay. But, I mean, I don't know what the out, uh, uh, what the outer range is. I mean, maybe if you, if this, if the string was actually made out of, like, some, uh, you know, fibers, you know, some uh, plastic fiber or something like that, it might be able to string at a couple hundred feet. I don't know. Uh, never, you know, never did that research, but, uh, you know, it's, it's zero tech. I mean, in the sense that it doesn't require any electricity, you know, it's, it, it works under almost any condition outside of just a, a booming thunderstorm for obvious reasons. Mm, um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, it was just, uh, <clears throat> it was a fun thing, you know, and, and you could see where, you know, two people, you know, separated by a, a street, you know, uh, you know, two two kids, you know, across from each other, you know, uh, in apartment buildings could you know, like string this thing across and talk to each other, you know, for those who didn't have high tech walkie talkies like that one television show that Jewel Strait was on. Okay. As I say, a couple of kids would love this to death because they could like, you know, talk, you know, conspiratorially over the, over the magic, uh, 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 string machine for hours in the dark instead of going to sleep like they're supposed to. Right. right. <laughs> so, yeah, I could see this as being a lot of fun for somebody. So, and they're very, and, and, and it takes no space at all in the kit. Not really, yeah. They're, they're really pretty tiny. This is Bruce Sheffer saying, there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Mm-hmm.
Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.